every attempt to rank every single horror movie ever. And on this episode, because uh, Quincy is uh, otherwise AWOL because of some family stuff, uh, this week we have a buddy of the podcast, Josh Copeland. How's it going? Hey, how's it going? Thanks for having me. Yeah, hey, yeah, it's, yeah, mostly uh, I, I love that, uh, so for this week's episode I was like, so I want to talk Aliens. Yes. There's literally only one person that I would actually care to talk about the movie Aliens with. Is it me? It's you. Okay, good. It's, yeah, it's I it's love you. Aliens, so. It's, I'm really glad to be able to be here to talk about fucking one of my favorite movies. So. Yeah. So, uh, aside from that, uh, how has your week been going? Like, what have you been? What have you been watching or reading or consuming? I've been revisiting um, this sh- sci-fi show. You know it as well as I do because I made you watch it. Uh, the Expanse. Ah. Uh, started from the top. Oh my I've god. Been working my way back through season two. It's all on Amazon Prime now. Deeply in love with it. Hugely like deserves a bigger audience than it has right now but yeah 100 percent my bag deeply oh my political <laughs> uh human stories with really amazing characters in space in space which i mean that like that was uh i don't usually watch shows as they're occurring like on tv i think the last one was like you me and christina mm-hmm. getting del taco every sunday <laughs> and then watching the expanse and this was this is what we did yeah that was this was pretty much an entire couple months of our lives there yeah, I was just looking forward to the expanse at the end of the week, and let me tell you, it holds up. Oh God, I bet it does, and and not least because like I feel like they they sucker you in, and and not exactly sucker you as though you need suckering, mm-hmm. but they're like, hey guys, we got uh, Thomas Jane on our sci-fi show. Honestly, like what a fucking coup, Thomas Jane. Like I've loved him from the moment he stepped through that gate in Boogie Nights, <laughs> and it's just so great to see him just getting to play this like noari detective on a fucking asteroid belt space station. It's my bag. 100% into Completely. it. I know it's not uh, horror stuff, so I'm sorry to bring this up on your horror podcast, oh, no. but it's fucking awesome. Here's so. the here's the thing. It kind of is some horror stuff. That's on, true. It's got some shit on it, especially um, in that second season. Oh my god, where you see the oh, thing... Oh, and at the tail end of the first oh. with the... Uh... <laughs> yeah, that's, this is literally just us both seizing up like... No! No! Oh no. Which, I mean, uh, Thomas Jane, I never realized before The Expanse how deeply noir his face is. <laughs> like, you see a face and you just instantly go like... Yeah, you're a down on his luck detective in the in in the bad city. Oh yeah, man. There's a there's a there's a whole saga that unfolds on Thomas Jane's face in the best possible way. I love that man. Oh my god. Which I realized that my current haircut, I'm slowly getting the Miller from the Expanse. Don't even act. All right, you've been going for the Miller from yeah, the no, Expanse. Yeah, yeah. As though I just happened into it. Like, <laughs> oh no, I suddenly look like a beloved character actor Thomas listen, Jane there, on the Expanse. There are worse things to go for than uh, Miller on the Expanse. Oh like, yeah. So long as you don't fall sideways into skrillex you're in good <laughs> yeah 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 there's there's a line there like as soon as you start verging into skrillex it's it gets real dicey um so uh, this week uh in sort of in preparation for the podcast and one of the movies we're going to be talking about uh i've been uh making my way back through all of the hellraisers um and it's speaking of liking punishment yeah which and, and not even like the fun like cenobite like oh sweet suffering sort of punishment like no it's it's like shaving with a dull blade <laughs> you're just jamming this series into your face and upon like rewatching a bunch of the uh, the sequels first of all i fucking stand for hellraiser bloodlines because you've got hellraiser in space you've got flashbacks to baby adam scott as a french nobleman <laughs> Yeah, have you seen Bloodlines? I have not, though you had me at uh, Pinhead in space. So. It's 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 literally it's that, and then there's the one where Pinhead uh, uh, takes the internet. 
where it's he like lures <laughs> no. teens into a chat room and then tortures them. Oh my god, I'm way. I should have watched all these before I watched uh, the most recent one yeah. with you because these all sound uh, like fine works of art. Oh, oh, fantastic! And then part five, you've or excuse me, part six, you've got um, the guy from the Mayhem insurance ads, like. You've got that guy as the protagonist. I love that guy. Oh, he's so great. And oh, he's uh, he's on Brooklyn Nine Nine as the what is it? The Jack the the Vulture. The Vulture. Okay, I remember him from Thirty Rock. Oh, yeah, that's as right. His ex. I had forgotten he was the on Thirty Rock. The Beeper King. Yeah. Yeah, that um, guy's awesome. And it's great also because um, the actor who plays Kirsty totally copped to like, yeah, I only did that sixth Hellraiser movie because I needed to buy a new refrigerator. And listen, I, I love that as an as a as an actor thing of like, listen, it's a job. <laughs> I need hey, I needed a new fridge. Hey, you gotta make that fridge money. You really do. And speaking of fridge money, let's dive into uh, the most <laughs> recent Hellraiser. By the way, we got this uh, screener from Lionsgate, and I wanted to thank you guys for providing that screener for us. Um, it is okay. So this is apparently the first new Hellraiser script uh, that's like an original Hellraiser script because obviously as probably a lot of people listening to the podcast know every Hellraiser past Hellraiser 4 was ripped off from uh, an unrelated script that they happened to get the rights for and they wanted to keep the rights for Hellraiser now this is fascinating to me because yeah. I'm not uh, I, I'm not the uh, diehard Hellraiser fan that you are I've seen the first couple it's been long enough they would probably be new movies to me now right uh, so you're saying that they just buy random ass fucking horror scripts and then just paste pinhead into them yep yeah it's literally like you get a script that's like there's nothing in the rule books that says a dog can't play basketball and then the dog gets fucking tortured by pinhead uh and they they just did this, this over, they did it over and over like you know like they, they would have like a hard-boiled you know noir script that shoehorned the cenobites into it um and i think my favorite uh bad hellraiser sequel and my favorite, I mean, it's the worst. And actually on our list, I believe it's uh, it's way toward the... Yeah, there we go. It's the second to last movie on our list, Hellraiser <laughs> Revelations. <laughs> now, I, I was telling you this story before. Our mutual friend, uh, Jared Jetpack, once bought a copy of Hellraiser Inferno, mm -hmm. which I assume is one of these sequels. Oh, yeah. Uh, for like a, a dollar at a used DVD place. And then he would just sneak it onto my DVD <laughs> shelf whenever he could. And he would like alphabetize it correctly and everything. So I wouldn't even notice it until it had been sitting there for a month he's a smooth criminal how uh is hellraiser inferno on your list yet oh it's not on there yet actually the only ones that we i think we've done have been the first two hellraisers and hellraiser revelations well i bet you're real glad to add this one to oh i certainly am uh and honestly like hellraiser revelations uh was I, I think my favorite blurb about it was from clive barker uh who um he hates the hellraiser sequels Obviously, which no. I couldn't tell you why. Um, <laughs> it's really unreasonable of him. Um, but he, um, Hellraiser Revelations was uh, marketed as being from the mind of Clive Barker. And his poll quote was, this movie didn't come from my mind. It didn't even come from my butthole. <laughs> uh, he hates those movies so goddamn much. Uh, and actually, and I just like last year read the new uh, Hellraiser novel from him because he was in a coma for a while it was really dicey, and we thought Clive Barker was going to die. Oh, no. But he lived, and he oh, got out no. of it, and he wrote this book called The Scarlet Gospels. I would say about a third of which is really good, but here's the thing. It's a new Clive Barker book, and I'm mostly just excited that he's alive. Yeah, so I get that. Yeah, uh, but now, like The Scarlet Gospels, first of all, we got to dig into Hellraiser Judgment as being way too interested in Christian theology. Yeah, in the same way that, uh, um, like, uh, 
high school junior who's thinking he might become a theology minor mm-hmm. is really into Seven. <laughs> Fuck. And this movie does, it, it pulls a Seven where it's like, uh, it, it like peppers in the Ten Commandments for no fucking reason. Yeah. Where it's just like, oh no, that guy lied. Thou shalt not bear false witness against your neighbor. And everyone nods knowingly. Like, yeah. Yeah, it's yeah, it's a tricky. It, I, I'm not sure if it was more interested in the the theology of everything or the um, you know, it's big on Charles Dickens this movie. Oh shit, this is mostly a Charles Dickens showcase. Mm-hmm. Like it, I, I a substantial part of the plot. It's a Charles Dickens showcase. It's just what you want from a Hellraiser movie. It's, it, yeah, it's like you, you know, I, I know you thought you were getting like demon shit and like you know, divine priests in the realms of pleasure and pain. Fuck you, yeah. Tale of Two Cities. We're gonna name check it. We're gonna talk about it, um, and and but it, just the first page of no, it. No, only the first, pa- only the first intro bit. Not even, and it's great because the the first reference to it, where the guy's like, oh, I used to date a girl named Crystal. Oh, really? How was that? Tale of Two Cities. It was just like Tale of Two Cities, man. <laughs> you know Charles Dickens? Yeah. Do yeah. you know what I'm talking about? Have you read it? Well, read it, and then you'll know what Diddy Crystal was like. But they never right? actually go into like, okay, so what? How is that? No, doesn't matter. Yeah. Um, right. And so, all right, all right, all right. So we should, we should give like a brief syn- synopsis of the plot, such as it is. For... Yeah, help yourself, man. All I'm right. not touching that shit. All right, I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna give it the old college try, right? So uh, there's a killer named the Preceptor, and he's like a he's like a real bad guy. He's a he's a rough customer who kills people, and he like scrawls really insufferable like I am a jealous god on people's bodies and shit. He's just like there's all right. It was on the floor. Yeah. Like the lawyer and seven. Yeah, the, uh, like Lord and Seven. There are exactly three police officers in, in the this, city. Yeah, the whole city. That's I it. Swear to God, there's three cops. Yeah, it's it's. And the, one of them was sent to check in on the first two cops. Yeah, she's like the 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 outsider. It's like what they do in uh, movies where there's like the local cops have to interact with and defer to a, an FBI like G-man who comes <laughs> in, and they're really suspicious of her, and they're like, "Bah, what are you doing in our two cop city?" Um, and so anyway, so the preceptor is killing people and, and these, uh, th- exactly three cops are trying to solve the case and figure out who the preceptor is. But in the midst of all this, there is some Cenobite shit. There's a guy called the Auditor who, he's like an evil Sprockets character. Where, Sprockets? Yeah, yeah, kind of Sprockets, where he's like, he's kind of German and he's got the circular sunglasses. <laughs> and, you know, he, um, so basically on the internet, they like they basically catfish perverts into coming to this house where they're like they find these bad horrible like child molesters and 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 murderers and perverts and and promise them the answers that they seek and it's left really vague uh, and they lure them to this house and so the first like 15 minutes of this movie before the opening credits drop are I don't think it was actually 15 minutes long oh, by the way I felt like it <laughs> Sorry. It, it had that can't but... have been but I don't think it's actually 15 minutes. I oh. think it's just a few. I yeah. did appreciate uh, seeing uh, John Gulliger oh, yeah. pop up. Oh, son of... of uh, son of infamous Clue Gulliger and director of uh, the Feast movies, which I'm a big fan of. I, I love the Feast movies. So I was movies. really pleased to see him cash in a paycheck. Fuck well, yeah, you, John Gulliger. You weren't necessarily pleased to see him eating people's sins, vomiting it up, and having those sins jizzed onto naked, faceless ladies? Yeah, well, it was blood getting jizzed onto the naked, faceless ladies. Right. Oh, yes, that's It wasn't jizz. It was blood that was getting <laughs> the act of jizz yes. on, onto faceless ladies. Yeah. Um, and here's the thing. So that's the first fi- five minutes? I, yeah, five to ten. It, yeah, it's, it's weird. Uh, and so you think to yourself, like, all right, 
So this, and now, it, of course, being made by Lionsgate, thank, thank you for the screener again, guys. Um, it's basically, yeah, seriously. It's, it, truly, uh, and it's got the color palette and, and, and jump cuts and time lapse of a Saw film. Mm-hmm. And it's basically like if Hellraiser did Saw. Yeah. Where there's like crazy torture, but it's like serial killer torture and not Hellraiser torture. Because Hellraiser torture, you've got chains flying out. Yeah. You've got people getting turned into CD, uh, shooting Cenobites and getting their heads welded together and shit. Yeah. And this is just, we're just going to torture the shit out of you. <laughs> I would really like to know, and I'm sort of interrupting your Please. summary of this, of your, your telling of the summary of the story. But I'd, the more I think about it, the more I'd really love to know the behind the scenes story of this movie Uh uh-huh because it seems and uh, you (laughs) making movie is really hard sure if you can get it fucking done that's that's an achievement unto itself i Mm -hmm. remember seeing a tweet i can't remember who said it i I apologize for paraphrasing poorly and not remembering who actually said it but they were pointing out about the room that watching a screening of the room in la is all well and good seeing everybody laugh and all that right but at the same time we're all laughing at a dude who managed to do exactly what none of the rest of us can is make a movie <laughs> is actually you know get it fucking done and make it it's really hard to it's really difficult to yeah actually so I, I hate being in this shit on the little indie department kind of thing yeah 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 you don't want to like dunk on someone who had the gumption to write a script produce that script find right. actors find you know a budget for it and, and, but, and but but it, yeah. it's like so i would because there's so there's so many baffling choices in this i i would kind of really love to hear what the story making because like, there's no way the filmmakers had anything more than 50 dollars to make this with oh definitely not because there and are three spent, cups and they spent 40 of it on makeup yeah and and here's the thing the makeup in this pretty fucking good um yeah the auditor the new character looked dope he looked amazing he looked really cool he, he had a really cool look they had a perfectly great looking chatterer that looked mm-hmm. like the old school chatterer his, his the the auditor to go back to him he's basically like uh, a cenobite version of the dude who posts pictures of type written poetry on instagram <laughs> with little cigarettes laying right next to the verse right like a coffee stain on it or something with like, like a bunch that. of filters on it to like sepia exactly like that bag of dicks that's the auditor yeah he is and he is a bag of dicks um, I, I, I do like that actor uh, and the choices that he made as the auditor were like... Yeah, he was good. His acting style I would describe as you don't touch me, <laughs> which I'm really into because this guy is surrounded by all manner of fluids <laughs> and body parts and he's just like, oh, oh God, don't get it. No, don't touch me. Uh, which I feel like, you know what? If you're the auditor of hell, yeah. you got to draw boundaries. Yeah. You don't want to be covered in fluid. Um, it's a goopy movie. It's for... a goopy movie. I feel like every liquid in it was the consistency of... Uh, like someone who's really dehydrated, their saliva. Oh yeah, like, like that dehydrated saliva. That thick kind like of a cup full of that. Like it was. Yeah. It would, there was a special thickness to it. Maybe it was canola <laughs> oil or something. Like, yeah. I don't know. A special thickness to it. <laughs> um, there we go. Episode title. <laughs> um, but it now and so the plot as the plot progresses, uh, we kind of now here's the thing. It's possibly the most telegraphed reveal. I've ever had the pleasure to witness in a motion picture Mm -hmm. where it's like, oh no, who is the preceptor? And you're thinking to yourself, motherfucker, there's... I'm sorry, I might have just zoned out when you were talking about it. Have you mentioned who the preceptor is yet? We have not. Okay. Uh, And and also, by the way, there are spoilers here. So if you don't care to... uh, If you want to watch Hellraiser Judgment for yourself and then... Like skip ahead? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I would say say jump ahead like maybe 20 minutes. Okay. Um, so we're gonna be talking about this for twenty minutes. Ah, yes, yeah, oh. no, we're gonna talk about it for twenty minutes, but it's oh, gonna Lord. feel like an hour <laughs> and a half of your goddamn life. That's um, appropriate. And, and okay, so the preceptor is 
shockingly one of the three characters in okay, this but movie. The, but the preceptor is a serial killer. Yeah. So when you're when you're dealing with this this new Cenobite with the typewriter uh-huh. uh, and all this Cenobite stuff, right. suddenly there's this seven esque plot about this fucking serial killer who's murdering based on the Ten Commandments and shit. Right. Oh, and it goes hard into Southern territory. Oh, baby. Uh, it's in in terms of the cinematography. Although not even the cinematography, because the, the cinematography is one of the most baffling elements of it's, this fucking movie. It's, it's one of the reasons I'm like, they could not have had more than $50 to shoot this, because it's entirely, it's shot almost entirely in close-up. Yeah, unlike DSLR. Yeah, exactly. And that way that's like, you have one lens, and, and every room is like a, a five feet by eight feet. It's like the same redressed 10-foot I think it's the same room. room. I think every scene in this takes place in the same room that they just like had. So they didn't have a whole lot of room to move that camera in, I think, or something. Because it's like, it's a lot of like medium shot is almost about as wide as it gets. Sometimes it gets a little wide. The widest shot is the repeated (laughs) police station establishing shot. I started howling and clapping every time they did another establishing shot of this police station. Which is identical and like, it's like they could only afford to move the tripod once. Yeah. While getting this established. And then shot. it's just you yelling like during a scene like, okay, but yeah. where are they and what time of day is it? Which is another way I'm like, this is really ingenuitive, like um, $40 filmmaking because, you know, you're, you're getting the most out of that one shot. Yeah. And it's clear like if they had panned a little left, you would have seen like the city name on it or yeah. something like, yeah. which they were trying to avoid. So you would have seen bicyclists. You would have seen the Dairy yeah. Queen. And really, you only need that establishing shot once. Only once. Once before you see the interior of their detective office. That's all you then need. you can just go to the detective's office anytime, and you know where you are. Right. But okay. So in front of every single one, <laughs> because they were trying to stretch this out to the 70-minute feature length. And they did, it was only 70 minutes. It was right there, down it, to the oh, wire, man. It was, it, was, it was kind of touch and go there for a minute, but they did it. Um, and so the, uh, I, I feel like I should divide this up into, cause I've forgotten all of the characters' names. Uh, there's brother cop, who's a nice guy and there's mean cop. Right. Uh, and then there's lady cop, who's the one who comes in to sort of give them the fucking business and be like, okay, yeah. as the only two police officers in the fucking world, you need backup for finding out who the preceptor is. Yeah. And, and then so, good cop or bad cop's wife. Yeah. Yeah. Those are the four characters. Yeah. There's, and so, oh, bad cop's wife. Oh, she, who certainly factors into the plot. Let me tell you. <laughs> uh, and so bad cop gets uh, abducted by perverts, uh, by the Cenobites where he answer, he just knocks on the door and then it jump cuts to him getting tied to it. He's tied to a chair. And uh, the, there's the auditor and then the assessor, the assessor as played by, um, you know, Gulliger. And he, uh, eats the guy's sins, but you know they're so fucked up and gross that he just like vomits it right up. And uh, the auditor goes to the shady higher up angel lady and goes, "Hey man, this guy's sins are pretty fucked up." And she goes, "Yeah, you gotta let him go." And he very Germanly is like, "But what? No, we, but why? But 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 why? We have to talk to him." And he just and then she just kind of goes, "Lol, you're middle management. I'm a fucking angel. Let the pervert go." And so at this point, if you've been watching the movie for maybe 10 minutes, you're going, oh, Mean Cop is the preceptor. Right. Obvious, obviously. Like, nobody else could possibly be the preceptor. Because <laughs> um, they've only introduced three characters. <laughs> that's ex- Yeah, that's... Uh, and so a bunch of bullshit happens, and then there's... The, honestly, it's literally a bunch of bullshit, bullshit happens, and then there's the reveal that the preceptor is Mean Cop. And by the way, every single one of these five by eight rooms mm-hmm. they all have a pepe silvia wall on. oh every everything every is, single one yeah the, from the cops like it's just like on the the windows in their office it's like they've taped up photos and things there's right. a cop and montage 
Yeah. What it's just I'm doing cop stuff and I'm it's got to be cop stuff in front of that uh, that crazy person wall. You know, a bunch of a bunch of pencil pushers, you know, trying to figure out the big case. <laughs> uh, and it's and which by the way is incredible because so much of this is taken from like clearly this was just made by someone who has just seen a lot of yeah, cop movies. Yeah, yeah, it definitely wasn't drawn from any sort of sense of reality or you know modicum of research done in terms of they watched a few episodes of law and order yeah it's exactly like what what do cops do and then there's one <laughs> what do, what all right, cops all right, do? there's one bit that kills me that we need to talk about i mean there's every bit of this that kills me <laughs> um but specifically it's like so um mean mean cop and lady cop go to this building and mean cop calls in to the the, the police that he works with and he's like yeah i need uniform backup and then his brother shows Which, up. By the way, it's just his brother. I'll point out. I said yeah. when he called oh, for backup, yeah. it's like it's gonna be just his fucking brother. That's <laughs> that's the only other cop they can afford in this movie. That's it. It's only gonna be his brother. No, that's it. I, and they and it feels the entire city actually. And I feels... don't feel good, by the way, that I knew that. No, I'm not proud of that. No, no. And which is like there was another bit where all right. So um, I would say that honestly, the first ten minutes of this, some pretty decent horror shit. Where there's like the uh, uh, this drunk mean lawyer lady stumbles home to her palatial apartment, and it's all dark, and she's like, "Hey, Billy, is that you?" Oh, excuse me, his name was Josh. Oh, Josh. I, oh, that's right. And thank you. I, I'm as a as a leading Josh. Thank you. In the, as in the field. A, as a leading Josh in the field of Josh. He was a contemporary of yours as a Josh. <laughs> And you're like, Josh, I'm going to get naked no, 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 and wait. take a shower. I'll take this back. I don't want to be responsible for all Joshes. <laughs> I don't need that on my conscience. You, Most Joshes suck. I are, don't want are that. Are you your Josh's keeper? <laughs> I'm not my Josh's keeper. No. Uh, and so she's in her giant apartment that's all dark. And she's like, but I'm where I'm this creepy stuff isn't sexy. Where are you? And then the preceptor is like, but I'm Jesus. And she, <laughs> I'm Jesus in a ski mask. I'm Jesus. And she's like, I need to mention my dog that I have. Where's my dog that I have? And then it, uh, uh, she gets like knocked the fuck out, and then it cuts to um, mean cop and um, good cop, good cop, good cop, bad cop, good cop, bad cop showing up to the apartment to assess the scene, and it's just the two of them. No forensics people, no you know coroner shows yeah. up to take the body. Just, just vest cop, leather jacket cop. Abs- that's that's how we roll in the fucking mean city, and they uh, find like oh no. Her stomach is, like, sewn shut, and then the stomach starts squirming, and then they realize that the dog has been placed into her womb, mm-hmm. and then they cut the dog out, and the dog's like, oh, this sucks, and then, <laughs> so the dog is fine, which I, I appreciate, by the way. I'm not, yeah. look, I, listen, torture all the fucking goofsters you want in this movie, leave the dog alone. Leave the dog alone. The dog's okay. I mean, the dog, I guess, kind of got tortured by being put in the, 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 ladies, in the ladies' womb. Womb, yeah. I love how they called it in, too. Like, hey, we got to call this in. And it was the, the matter of fact statement of it was like, we got another womb puppy. <laughs> we got another womb puppy. <laughs> uh, oh, we got a 367. Oh, another womb puppy? Only three more years till I got that gold watch. Every day, a new goddamn womb puppy. And it's a good example, too, of how the movie sort of couldn't decide its motivations in a lot of ways. Oh, yeah. They're sort of setting it up as she says, like, on a Snapchat which mm-hmm. is playing on a laptop on a loop. Which, who doesn't... I worship this dog. I worship this dog. Like she says I worship this little guy. I, I worship, worship this, this little guy. guy. And then later when they pull it out of her belly, it's like, oh, it was her baby. Oh, it was her... Oh. So, she was... Is this idolatry? She is she worshipped the dog? Yeah. She worshipped the dog? Or is she the dog's mom? And then... Make up your fucking mind. <laughs> and Judeo-Christianity is like, oh, I fucking hate dogs. <laughs> Uh, and so, which is funny because when they were showing the... I worship this little guy without showing what the thing was on a loop. I was like, ha, me every time I see a dog. <laughs> And then it was her dog. 
Um, and then it was her dog. It was her dog. So I'm I'm gonna get a dog. I'm gonna get my I'm gonna get Tinkerbell the pit bull sewn into my guts, and that's how they're gonna find her. I kind of figured she was already. That's how she, that's that's how it ends yeah. for me. Actually, yeah. is like she's gonna finally crawl into my fucking soul. No, no, no. That's how it begins. That's uh, it's just the yeah, it's the beginning of what uh, a caterpillar calls the end of the world. The butterfly. master calls the butterfly. Absolutely, and Where Tinkerbell did I get that from. The Expanse. The Expanse. Thank you. On Sci-Fi Channel. And, and that beautiful butterfly is Tinkerbell the Pitbull. And that beautiful butterfly is Ryan <laughs> Bull. <laughs> Tinker Ryan. Tinker Ryan. It's, it's, the, it's the, Yeah, we're going to have merged into one being. The amalgamated being <laughs> this of was, you and Tinkerbell. It's like the fly. This was always yeah, going to happen. exactly. Um, and so anyway, so uh, it turns out the preceptor is shockingly mean cop. <laughs> and what, what follows is one of my favorite villain monologues, I think maybe ever, because of the rapid fire. It's like the, 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 the makers of this film couldn't quite figure out what the preceptor's deal was because they're like, okay, for sure Jesus. All right. Yeah, definitely Jesus. That's number Jesus one. Jesus is involved. Mm-hmm. Um, also, his brother, uh, Vitamins Cop. Right, Vitamin Cop. Slept with... Uh, wet cigarette cop's wife. Right. So that's another motivation. <laughs> right. <laughs> wet cigarette cop. Wet is. cigarette cop is a real son of a so bitch. That's two motivations. Right. But then. But then also. Hard left turn. Hard left turn. iPhones. I fucking hate phones. <laughs> I, I hate, hate smartphones. Everybody, all of these these sheeple are out here. She- I loathe these sheeple and their iPhone sevens. Fucking zombies. You know. That's which I think is just uh, was just like jammed in there to give them him like a reason to have jammed her phone down her throat so that they could find the location right so that, like, yeah yeah, yeah. As a plot oh, which is thing. also some real saw shit that actually her phone was jammed down her throat because iPhones yeah. and then that's how they found the GPS coordinates for how to oh, foiled by ah. GPS I'm the worst cop <laughs> in the world and there's oh although there is one uh, character in this that's like he's got a Hawaiian shirt and he's kind of tangentially related to the cops does is he related to them I don't I don't know if he's related to I them I mean but they're related to each other so sure. it makes sense right we've got wet cigarette cop and vitamin yeah. cop yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we've got fucking skull cop and life water cop and 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 mean mean lady cop yeah and so. This reveal happens, and then he makes uh, Happy Cop and Mean Lady Cop solve the Lemarchan configuration. Which, by the way, at this point, you're thinking to yourself, I thought this was a Hellraiser film. <laughs> Fucking so did I! I thought we were going to get some real Hellraiser shit. With, like, honestly, all right, so what do you want out of a Hellraiser movie? And you're like, well, first of all, Pinhead. I want to see the divine priest of hell yeah. fucking sorting assholes He's out the guy. He's left the, and right. He, the OG Hellraiser. He is the, he is the Hellraiser. Uh, of all the Hellraisers and that you think of, the you, first you, one is Pinhead. For, where is Pinhead? Where is Pinhead? And he po- kind of pops up occasionally where the preceptor goes to him for like colleague advice on this preceptor shit. Yeah. Where he's like, I really wanted to torture this guy. I really wanted to torture this guy. And Pinhead's like, yeah, I totally feel that. I'm super into torture all the time. And then it just ignores Pinhead and the existence of Cenobites for a yeah. while. Come, we come back after the reveal, after they, he makes uh, them solve the puzzle box. And then Pinhead kind of shows up and he's like, ha ha, fuck yes, this is my shit. And then in the midst of, you know, they're, uh, they're about to kill the preceptor. And then mean lady Angel who is just a blonde lady in a white suit. Blonde lady, white suit that the movie takes pains to tell us. You know, this. she was the one who kicked Adam and Eve out of the Garden of Eden. Yeah. So she's been on the payroll for a fucking minute here. Oh, she's she's all about that shit. And then it yeah. becomes this weird sort of like 
West Wingy geopolitical discussion of the, the <laughs> dynamics between heaven and hell. Right. It's like middle management. Like they're yeah. deferring to like, well, okay, but but like impressive lady angel told us we couldn't fucking torture this right. guy, and then it goes into this bizarre um, ex- explanation for why the preceptor needs to be allowed. And this is like the last five to ten minutes of the movie too. We are at we are at an hour and and suddenly it's about. Well, we want the serial killer to go because he's kind of working in God's plan, sort of thing. Right, right. Because you know, free, you know, because uh, uh, you can't really tell me what to do because I sort of work for heaven, and you kind of like the devil or whatever in this right, movie. So, like, right. No, you're 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 like torture janitors. You're you're you're, you're the co- you're the custodians of of pain and pleasure. You son of a bitch. Like I, and I'll kind of kick your ass if you fuck with me. Uh-huh. And he's like, uh, a pinhead. You can't really fuck with yeah, me. Yeah, so maybe I, I'll just put some chains in your fucking face. I'm just gonna torture you with chains because that's pretty much. Listen, when all you've got is a hammer made of chains, mm-hmm. everything looks like a nail made of flesh. <laughs> and there's nothing you can do. I know you're an angel, and this is just how this has to end. And so um, she, now, th- this is after, by the way, she decides, nope, preceptor stays. Kick, she's like a goalie kicking him back into play. Oh, yeah. And all right, this moment is legitimately... It's, it's legitimately pretty amazing. The dopest shit I've ever seen. It's fucking awesome. They So they put the preceptor back. And, and they're like, they're going to send him out. He's going to be the fucking guy. He's going to yeah. be our guy on earth. He's going to murder everyone for Jesus. For Jesus. And because they give some, like, bullshit Zen explanation of, like, well, there can be no good without evil in the world, (laughs) so there needs to be evil. Which, by the way, first of all, how the fuck does that scan? Because why do we have Cenobites torturing fucking perverts if it's in God's plan that monsters are out there pulling some monster shit? That's a good goddamn point. I didn't even think about that. I what are the Cenobites even there for? Where are they drawing? Why? Where, where do they draw the distinction of, mm, no, actually, we need that pervert, but you can totally torture fucking pedophile pervert because <laughs> uh, he's not as bad. And anyway, so they send the preceptor back to the land of the living and instantly Lady Cop, who has gotten, like, I think knocked, knocked out previously and was in a corner in a heap that he didn't kill for reasons. She just hops up and shoots him right in the fucking face. It's so good. In- not missing a beat. It's it's genuinely, I'm not even being a smartass about this. It's, it's so good. It's fucking awesome. It's so good. And it's and what's even better, she caps this motherfucker immediately. And then he's on his back, gurgling blood. No, I'm supposed to be the guy. <laughs> he's like. Fills him full, gives the man lead poisoning. It's, it's, it's fucking great. She was the audience stand-in for this, I think, because so much of this movie is like fake eloquent and the righteous shall suffer by the hands of the wicked who see their iniquities. And, and so I've underlined and highlighted two lines on the first page of <laughs> Two Cities. The, one of the clues is the highlights of A Tale of Two Cities about it being this... And they were like, the highlight, the highlight's not enough. We better underline these we, two. We, no, but, no, it's that. And then there's a line in there where Vitamin Cop tells Wet Cigarette Cop, <laughs> like they're, having, they're, they're rapping about the preceptor or whatever, and um, fucking grunge cop goes, nah, but oddly specific reference to Jesus. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, Life Water Cop is like, all right, I'm going to plug that exact phrase with Boolean search terms into Google, yeah. finds the Wikipedia page, and it's like, oh no, he's the preceptor. And that's how he knows yeah. that his brother is the killer. Yeah. So anyway, so he's like, <laughs> so the preceptor is on his back trying to gurgle some bullshit <coughs> eloquence about. Yeah, but judgment shall come to that and she just keeps shooting him and oh. kills him and it's honestly I popped for it like that was a great was fucking dope. that was a good was moment pretty dope. Uh, and then so Pinhead is at loggerheads with a pantsuit angel who tells him like hey man you're just a fucking scrub and you're, you suck fuck you I can do whatever and I'm it's like I'm Pinhead I'm into that whatever yeah he's like and she's like we're gonna have you tortured and he's like I'm too kinky to torture <laughs> and she's like shit and then he's like but what if I 
killed you with chains. Maybe I'll just kill you. How about that? Which, by the way, is this the first time this has occurred to Pinhead to like, wait a minute, I've been getting bossed around by 80s pantsuit lady angel and for how long eons. Has, like, this is the first, you, you were saying this is the first time she's shown up, right? Yeah. In the, in the franchise. Like, there and you're is... even saying that there's not necessarily even a... Like, I always kind of, being sort of only familiar with the first two movies, I sort of assumed Pinhead and the Cenobites had kind of a hell... Like a Judeo-Christian hell context to them, right? A, well, a, a little bit. Like there, there are references to Jesus mm-hmm. in in. Uh, l- l- let's go with the first two Hellraisers, right? Yeah. So there's a reference. There, there are references to Jesus, but here's the thing: uh, the biggest big bad of Hellraiser is a being called Leviathan, who's not quite Satan. He's just the Lord of the fucking labyrinth. Gotcha. Like he's and he, he shows up as a weird spinning diamond in the sky in the labyrinth of this endless hellscape of mazes and shit. And that's the most you get. Like, in Hellraiser 3, you get Pinhead being the most extra he is in the entire franchise, mm-hmm. by the way, with, like, sacrilege, where he, like, makes a priest to eat his flesh while going, this is my body. And, and he gets the best line in the franchise in part three, which is, this guy is like, you know, how, how dare you pull this her- her- heresy shit? And he looks at him, and be, uh, Doug Bradley, who is the finest actor ever, just goes, do I look like someone who cares what God thinks? <laughs> uh, which is a line I think that about. That is a fantastic line. Every I day of my life. A lot. It's so good. Yeah. Um, and so anyway, so uh, he tortures Lady Angel, and she says Jesus wept because, hey guys, remember... They did it in the first one. Hey, hey. We, Why not? Hey guys, this is a new Hellraiser movie. Uh, <laughs> and then we get from the, the... This is the most amazing part, in my opinion. Yeah, we get the auditor, right? German auditor guy. Who well, goes, that could be bad for us, right? But what, what if we torture the lady angel and then we, we have the worst kind of torture, which is getting fired from hell? And then they do. Um, <laughs> yeah. Hellraiser, like, the Hellraisers get sent to... Uh, Regular Earth. Yeah. And they're not Cenobites. No. They're, they're not gnarled or full of fucking pins and stuff. They're just in an alleyway. Uh, a homeless dude. Like, in street clothes, by the way. So I love that they got... on his face for some Yeah, reason. he's got kind of a few gashes... But so they're both fully outfitted in modern street clothes, by the way, when they just like pop Do out. Do see them both? Because I remember only, uh, there being only one of them. Yeah. Who and made... I couldn't tell which one it was because yeah. it seemed to be implying by transposing uh, like Pinhead's face over the dudes that mm-hmm. it was Pinhead. But yeah. he sort of had scratches on his face, sort like, of like. Like the auditor, the auditor, where he's like stitched together, kind of. Yeah. So. And I'm not sure where those scratches would have come from. <laughs> well, maybe it was pinhead. maybe it was like in transit, like in being sent from the yeah. hell to you know to the cardboard box in the cardboard box area where he's just repeating sweet suffering like over and over again, which is like Pinhead's whole thing. Yeah, yeah. and that's it's about the sweet suffering life. And then it goes to a top. It goes to like a crane shot of the city, and that's the last image you get before the stinger, which is uh, so the credits roll and all of us are screaming. Um, about the movie we've just watched. What? What? And then we get a stinger of two German Mormons? Yeah. Going door to door. They have those. They have those. And they press the doorbell, ding dong, and they're like, hey, you know, hey, do you have a minute to talk about how we're Mormons? And then they get invited in, and then you see a mouth, which looks fucking gashed up and weird. Yeah, it's the auditor's mouth. Going like, accent, going, two, and it's not even Tuesday. And you're like, weren't you just turned into a fucking human, man? What are you even doing here? What are What is happening? I don't understand what this movie is going for with the ending. I, is it like, so the Cenobites are less scary now? Is the auditor taking over for Pinhead? Is that what they're saying? Well, because I think it's trying like, to... Pinhead got fired, and now the auditor's the dude. Yeah. So he still gets to be a Cenobite. Right. 
And well, and and so I think the note, <coughs> I think the note we're meant to be left on is, <clears throat> oh no, the Cenobites live in our world now, uh-huh. which to me is like, oh, so they're less scary. <coughs> they have less powers because <clears throat> previously they were exactly one puzzle box away from fucking your shit up forever. Maybe they're trying to set up for a whole new like Hellraiser trilogy. Hellraiser pervert house where it's like Hellraiser has to like. Hellraiser. From here on out, Pinhead is just Hellraiser. <laughs> He's, I, honestly, I don't know why I'm the first person that I have to bring this up, but I, well, obviously his name is fucking Hellraiser. But I'm glad he's, he is Hellraiser. Who is the Hellraiser if not for fucking if not Pinhead? For, you think Hellraiser, who do you think? You think Pinhead. You think Pinhead. He is just Hellraiser. Call him Hellraiser. He's raising hell in Germany now in I'm a house. Say, it's not like, I mean, I get calling, uh, you know, you can't call Jason Friday the 13th. You can't call Michael Myers Halloween. But the the name is Hellraiser. Right. If you're going to use that, why is it not the character's <laughs> name? Mr. Hellraiser. A, no one gets to use that for a character's name now. And you guys aren't even using it for a character's name. It's a great character so, name. Wait, that's what it is. They needed like a poochie. <coughs> they needed a poochie for this, whose name is Hellraiser. Right. Who comes in and's like, hey, oh. it's that new Cenobite we've known all along. Who, yeah. He's a totally radical dude, and he, <laughs> he's raising hell. Yeah. He is Hellraiser. He's the Hellraiser. He's um, the new Hellraiser. He, that's that's him. So that's uh, that's Hellraiser. It's the job title, at least. <laughs> it's, it's at least the job title. And then so that makes Chatter and Butterball and Deep Throat like subordinate Hellraisers? They're like assistant Hellraisers. Yeah, yeah, assistant, like, VP of Hellraiser. <laughs> <laughs> yes, hello, I'm uh, I'm Butterball. I'm the, I'm, the, I'm the vice president of Hellraisers. Uh, and, they, well, and, and so, which, I'm, I'm, I'm also bummed out. was based on office politics between them and it, Heaven it Man. Complete, I'm saying, they it got, makes sense. They His got, business card says, Pinhead, <laughs> president of Hellraiser. Hellraiser Inc. Hellraiser like, Inc. yeah, we really got in the weeds with inter-office hell politics. Yeah, and maybe it wasn't actually like we got into the weeds, like it was really that, but it felt like we got real into the weeds. This entire Emotionally mo- speaking. This entire movie, I felt like I was in the weeds because I feel like half an hour into it, I think we looked at each other and I was like, so when does the plot start? Yes. When do yeah. we get a plot? And now here's the thing. The first 10 minutes of it make you think you're about to be in for some goopy, crazy saw shit. No. Yeah. I would have. Here's That's the thing. That's true. That's really only the opening that gets really that level. And then at the end, some shit gets crazy. Oh, sure. But, but yeah, there's, a, there's not a whole lot of. They start off real goopy, and then they get kind of lame with it. I, I I feel like in the midst of all the CSI shit, or not even CSI, like really, no, not, yeah, multi male like law and order. Two dudes cosplaying as. <laughs> it's like me as a kid pretending to be a cop, because yeah. like when I was a kid and I really wanted to be Fox Mulder. And exactly. I, I, true story, as a kid, I actually wrote Federal Bureau of Investigation misspelled and put it on my bedroom door, as when I was like nine, because I wanted to be Fox Mulder so awesome. bad. And then as an adult. I realized what a fucking scrub Fox Mulder was and was like, <laughs> of course this guy was my role model as a kid. Oh, man. Same um, here, though. I have oh, a poster right I mean, next to my Long Kiss Goodnight poster. Oh, yeah. Uh, Fox. I love Scully. You were the only kid with a Long Kiss Goodnight poster. I, w- I might have been the only person with a Long Kiss Goodnight poster. <laughs> I'm not even sure if Shane Black ever had a Long Kiss Goodnight poster up or not. Rennie Harlan for sure has one up. If he doesn't, it, I, yeah, yeah, I'd be really surprised. Me too. I was very proud of that poster. I love that movie. As you, as you should be. Um, I'll so, always make this about Longest Goodnight. <laughs> this is actually just a... a can, can we skip the rest on yeah, Hellraiser yeah, yeah. Judgment? We'll, and uh, We'll cut this out. And no just, offense no. to anyone who really want to hear about Hellraiser Judgment, but there's this movie, Longest Goodnight, with right. Gina Davis and Sam Jackson, and, it's, and you it, should watch that. It, it, it's, it's, it's perfect. Um, so <laughs> so here's, here's, here's the question. All yeah. right, so I'm going gonna, gonna to put a question to you. Which is better... Hellraiser Judgment mm-hmm. or Faces of Death? Oh man, 
Why you gotta put me in that spot? Faces of Death. First of all, I haven't seen that since high school. Right, of course. We we all saw it as kids, exactly. which is terrifying. Which is awful. Yeah, and and we're this is oh god. Uh, this explains so much. We yeah. watch snuff films in high school. Just with your buddies, um, you know. Yeah, download the, them off of some PTT network. You download it off of LimeWire. Watched it with the lads. Uh, yeah. Actually, no. You know what? Let's let's place it. I, I'm gonna be I, not not gracious, but let's let's okay. Have you seen The Bye Bye Man? I have not. You've not I've seen I've only Bye Bye heard you talk about The Bye Bye oh. Man. Oh. You, the thing, here's, you, don't think it does At this it. point, you're at what? A hundred and how many titles? Oh, we are at a hundred and ninety. You're at a hundred and ninety. Almost two hundred. I've seen maybe ten of these. No, I mean, maybe more. But, sure. But sure. you guys are so deep. Like, I kind of, that's why I was a little nervous about standing in for Quincy, because I'm not sure how to make this a discussion. <laughs> <laughs> because, like, you, like, I, First of all, I have never fucking seen the Bye Bye Guy or Fear.com <laughs> or any of these fucking things. Like, right. So I don't, but I you have don't seen, know where it sits in there. You have seen Faces of Death. I have seen Faces of Death. Which, okay, Friday Night Test. You got a Tombstone pizza. You got, <laughs> a, two, you got, a, you got a two liter of mug root beer. You got to put on a horror movie. Are you putting on fake snuff footage I'm, I'm not putting on fake snuff footage <laughs> or hellraiser judgment i probably that over fake snuff footage i think so that's too true. i that's think so true. too um i this is however fear.com if i recall correctly and i have not seen it uh-huh. but that does star the great steven dorf does it, it certainly does star steven dorf who still has the greatest imdb bio that was obviously written by steven dorf ever written um but here's the thing though like fear.com it also features a killer who's on some dopey post seven jesus shit Oh, it's the same, same world and everything. Same, and but this one has Stephen Torres. And has Stephen, yeah, you know, actually, I think you've sold me on that. <laughs> uh, Hellraiser Judgment is in- incredibly deficient in Stephen Dorff, and I feel comfortable at number one hundred seventy-three. Better than Machiste in Hell. Better than, better the than fucking Dracula Untold. Better than I Frankenstein. <laughs> I Frankenstein. My other two experiences <laughs> on the show. Why do we only what? give you the you bullshit? S- I swear to God, y'all just drag me we, in. We drag on you the to hell. Worst fucking. You drag me to hell on everything, which and, we still haven't done. Which I'm there for that because you're I gonna love be here. For, oh, to oh, we're, you're gonna be here. I for, will fight. It's gonna be the two, anybody. It's when we do drag, me, drag to hell, me to hell's honor. It's gonna be the two of us screaming number one best movie. Shut up. <laughs> yes. And then just, just for a fucking hour and a half. Yeah, that's it. Quits. He's just trying to get a word in. <laughs> he's just trying to be reasonable. Number one best movie. Shut <laughs> up. <laughs> trying to he's gonna be shut up. He's gonna be trying to make it academic. We're like that's the greatest movie because a goat uh, a goat yells <laughs> and flies around and it's gross and I want to be Sam Raimi's best friend. Number one movie. Can we actually just put in the number? one spot yeah. while he's yeah, not yeah. around actually while he's not looking well, just, just number one better than alien better than halloween drag me to hell so uh number 173 <coughs> is hellraiser judgment and once again lionsgate thank you guys so much for yeah, seriously it was a it was a, a good friday night movie so thanks thanks for that yep and I, it is massively appreciated quincy talk about socks let's talk about fucking socks hey let's talk about socks you know what you have to wear every day is it socks it's socks yeah, you can't fucking... get away with not wearing socks. I've tried, and I'm sorry, it don't work out well. Here's the thing: I don't trust anybody my age who wears shoes without socks. That's that right there is a man who has nothing to lose, and and they're dangerous. But the good news is, so there are these socks that um, we have gotten called Bombas, and I. So you know that thing where you hear an ad on a on a podcast, and you're kind of like, okay, well, I mean, they're you know they're just like shelling for this thing. We were IRL messaging each other on Twitter, screaming about these socks and about how comfy they are. 
Yeah. Um, so Bombas are these super fancy socks. They've got stay-up technology. Uh, the company has told us they tested 133 tension levels to Jesus. find socks that don't roll down on your ankles when you're walking around all day. Yeah, these are like science socks. Like these are, it was like weird science without all of the weird misogyny, and they produce these incredible socks. They've got like a what? You were telling me the ankle sock has like a blister tab to prevent blisters. Yes, I normally hate ankle socks, and these ankle socks have an extra thick tab right on where your heel rubs against your shoe so that it won't blister. That is, yeah, holy shit. And they come in a bunch of, like, crazy colors. I have been wearing nothing but these. Now, and here's the thing. I've been, like, a, a Hanes black uh, uh, sock man for the last, like, decade of my life. And I don't think I can ever go back now. I gotta wear these socks. Yeah, I have worn a different pair of Bombas every day this week. And this has been, uh, it significantly improved my day. Yeah, legitimately. And also, it's made of this material. Uh, apparently, it's long staple Pima cotton, which is warm in the winter and cool in the summer. And it is just softer than an Android's bottom. It is incredible. We cannot recommend these socks enough. Yeah, they're super durable. Um, I wash mine with my... I wash my underwear, my towels, and my uh, socks the same. And they. you <laughs> right. think that that would destroy these socks. It doesn't. Um, no. They also have this honeycomb support system and performance footbed so that they actually they're socks that give you arch support yeah it is it is fucking bananas out here so bomba's socks um if you go to the website quincy what is that website if you go to the special url bombas b-o-m-b-a-s dot com slash rank not only will you be greeted with a friendly message that says hi rank and buy listeners, but new customers will get 20% off their first order with code rank, R-A-N-K. But you have to go to the special URL, so don't like post this on one of those coupon websites. You gotta go to <laughs> bombas.com slash rank first and then use the code. Because here's the thing, if you're a horror goblin and you're out here watching horrifying, disgusting things, you gotta, you know, you gotta cling to something, and one of those things is socks. Listen, socks. Uh, when you're curled up on the couch late at night and your tootsies are cold, uh, a good pair of Bombas will keep them toasty and warm. <laughs> also, yep. Bombas are philanthropic, so you're, you can, like, give back to the world uh, by buying these socks. Uh, Bombas has a really great um, giveaway program. Every time you buy a pair of socks, they donate a pair of socks to a homeless shelter. Yeah, and especially it's winter right now. It's real fucking rough out there, and they're doing a really good thing. Yeah, and they're doing this. They've given away 5 million socks to shelters in all of the United States. Yeah, so like even aside from the philanthropy... Fucking great socks, you guys. So once again, go to bombas.com slash rank uh, and get uh, a proper discount on and your new socks. And use rank for 20% off. You're going to thank us, I promise. So the next movie uh, and the last movie we're going to be talking about, motherfucking James Cameron's Aliens. <sighs> so on this podcast so far, we have done 
uh, the first Alien. I'm really surprised you guys haven't gotten to it yet. No, yeah, well, and mostly because, and I think initially we were like, well, it's kind of more of an action movie with horror elements, but here's the thing. I think it's a it's an action horror movie. Yeah, well, it's plenty like, of which it's, are on the list. It's one of the thing. It's <clears throat> the, the the same thing that makes Terminator really interesting. And those like all those sort of early Cameron movies are really there's this sort of cross genre pollination going on. Mm-hmm. And I like to a point where I'm not even sure he's thinking in terms of like genre tropes. Like I got to get a little sci fi here, a little action there, a little horror there. Yeah, but there's the sequences in particular in Aliens that really stand out to me. Are the terrifying ones? Oh right? yeah, the, the like it's it's less um, maybe less horrifying because there's so much more um, I guess people having a fighting chance against them. Right. But it's so much. It, there's so many more terrifying. There's more terrifying like sequences in this I think than there are in Alien. Not that it's better. Definitely. But that their their home like stretches of time where like I can't, I can't, like I've seen it a hundred thousand times since I was a kid uh-huh. and I can't I still can't sit still during them like, no they, like they drive you up the wall with yeah just the well I mean like 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 the face hugger scene when when Burke has sealed Newt and Ripley into the mm-hmm. room with the face hugger and it that I, it, it's so goddamn stressful and oh. and here's and and also the thing is all right so obviously we should uh, probably get this debate out of the way mm-hmm. I think Alien I or oh, okay okay. Now, Uh-oh. if we're so, okay, oh, oh, all right, no. we're, we we're, we're doing this shit right. So, I I think saying that one of them is better or worse than the other one is almost not fair to either movie. I agree because Aliens. I appreciate that. Okay, one of the best, not only horror movies, one of the best fucking movies to me ever mm-hmm. made is Alien, and I appreciate that James Cameron, in making Aliens, did not try to out Alien. Alien. Yeah. Like, yeah. you can't do Alien better than Alien. So I yes. appreciate that he went, you know what? I'm going to take this world and I'm going to extend it. I'm going to expand it. I'm going to make it something else. Uh, and I think my main beef with Aliens versus Alien is that in Alien, one xenomorph on a ship is plenty. Right. Like, that is already terrifying. <coughs> and Aliens to me always kind of felt like James Cameron going, yeah, you thought one alien on the Nostromo was bad. <laughs> Try a whole planet of them. Yeah. And meanwhile, they're getting mowed down with machine guns and flamethrowers. Are you shitting and... me? That like they keep like ah uh, well, bah, well, bah, well. Bah. All right, I'm gonna okay. Please pause please. for a moment. Absolutely. Just to gather my thoughts and get a more <laughs> coherent sentence. And... <laughs> so you keep going, and I'm right. just gonna sit right, here right. and meditate. Now, of course, they're not exactly getting mowed down, but you can watch an alien getting killed with a machine gun at several points. Now there is exact there there is the Vietnam uh, stand-in mm-hmm. thing of we've got the Colonial Marines we've got supersonic electronic ball breakers mm-hmm. we've got you know and and you got an enemy who knows the landscape better than you yeah that's exactly right it's like okay cool you've got all these crazy You're mini jumping out of the trees you know what I mean like, yeah, yeah yeah you've got like mini nukes you've got all this crazy power armor stuff you are out of your element mm-hmm. and in very very short order you get your shit handed to you by xenomorphs yeah. Like, they are outclassed and outnumbered pretty much from Jump Street when they land on LV-426. Yes. Um, and honestly, I love so much about this movie, and one of my favorite bits of it is Bill fucking Paxton as Hudson. I swear to God, <clears throat> hugely not under... I, I, I think Bill Paxton is a, probably a fucking icon that will endure yes. and outlive the rest of us and maybe even the sun. May he live forever. Uh, may he live forever. Um uh, like I think his character gets a bad rap in this, but I mean, I, because he's a coward in, in, a, in a lot of ways, in the sense that he's the one who freaks out, right? And sort of interrupts <clears throat> the conversation of trying to make shit work out. He's just like, no, we're gonna fucking die, right? 
Well, and because you've got the thing of, like, the guy who talks the loudest and brags the most right, is exactly. the one who loses his shit and can't deal. Yeah, but at the same time, he's the guy that when you need him, he shows up. Like, he gets right in the middle of, of Newt and the facehugger. You know yeah. what I mean? Like, he's the one going, come on, you motherfuckers, and blowing every, yeah. all the aliens away when the, the, the roof caves in on everyone. Yes, and also because... It's a cool, complicated character. You know, it, it, like, it's an archetype that then sort of gets uh, turned on its head, too, in a lot Com- of ways. Completely. And- made human in a cool way. Yeah, completely. And also, he's not a complete buffoon. He's basically the yeah. comedic relief version of Lambert from Alien, <laughs> where he's the audience stand-in. Right. He's any one of us in this circumstance on LB426 would also be I'm, losing I'm, our shit. I'm shitting myself. Yeah. Like, I, I, yeah. He's got, some, no. he's got some of the best lines in the movie with, like, I, I, the one that kills me the most is when they're talking about Newt, who is uh, Ripley's adopted, tiny, feral daughter. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Moppet, and she's, you know, and they're they're talking about like, oh god, we're never gonna get out of this. And then Ripley's like, yeah, you know what? This kid's been living here for months with no with no weapons and no armor. Why do you put her in charge? <laughs> it's so good. Yeah. I think about why don't you put her in charge all the time? that. And I think the most the first moment with Hudson that lets you know that he's actually great and we love him mm-hmm. is when they've just woken up from cryo sleep and Vasquez parentheses as played in brown face by a white actor which is that true oh yeah that, Jeanette Goldstein oh shit I'd somehow never made that connection yeah she's uh, John Connor's uh, foster mother in Terminator 2 yeah and, I remember a, that and a great actor and I, you know oh shit because she also plays a, a Hispanic woman in um, uh, Fear and Loathing she plays like a, a maid in that she did that again so I think I just assumed that she was Hispanic for real she's done brown face twice yeah oh that's a bummer that's a real bummer uh, which is a thing that I, I can't oh, justify in you know yeah. the harsh light of 2018. No, but you you, you get yeah. the moment of uh, Vasquez like you know they've just woken up from cryo sleep and she's doing fucking pull ups right out of cryo sleep. She's which is, such a great character. Oh man, I love this. Really no it's like an amazing character. Like it would have been fucking great if an actual you know Latino was cast. Had in the been role. cast in the role. Like what? There was a shortage in fucking <laughs> 1986. I don't know, like, man. But anyway, so you get the. Um, the, the bit where she's doing pull-ups and uh, Hudson is like, hey, Vasquez, you ever been mistaken for a man? And she instantly shoots back, no, have you? And the, the moment that lets you... recite our favorite scenes. Like, yeah, it's basically <laughs> just us going, and then, and then, but there's the part where Ripley's like, stay away from her, you bitch. And anyway, so the bit that lets you know that Hudson is actually great is that she she busts his balls on that and he just goes, ha nice. Like, he just kind of, he kind of grins. Like, no, she's, they're buddies and they're in a platoon. Um, now the bit that I don't care for is like the hoorah military shit because that never really did it for me. I that doesn't bother me after, I, because, because the beautiful thing with it is we're seeing this all through Ripley's eyes and Ripley's right. just one of the most fantastic characters in cinema history. Period. Yep. And she's in that room going, "I'm not all about this fucking macho." She's making <laughs> the, the jerk off shit. motion off camera. <clears throat> like. She's like, "Oh, this is going to be over as soon as we run into these aliens. Y'all yeah. don't even know." You, you poor sass. So yeah, I don't, I don't mind. That's in the sense that uh, we, well, along with Ripley, are sort of ready for that other shoe to drop on it right. the whole time. Yeah. Like I never got the, I never get the sense that like even James Cameron is doing this in a way where it's like, isn't the military great? Isn't the military great. Like he's, yeah. he's like. <laughs> Up against the cosmic terror of the Xenomorph, nothing stands a fucking chance. Not no. even this macho bullshit. All of your so. shiniest guns, all yeah. of your ships, it's, it doesn't mean shit. Uh, and, like, the horror elements of this that really work for me are especially, like, the uh, when when the Marines are going through the, the gross, squishy alien caverns, and they kind of bite off the first movie with, like, you can't use any guns or anything down there because it's near a reactor and the whole mm-hmm. place is going to fucking explode if you shoot it. 
Uh, and of course you get that great line with like, well, what are we supposed to use, man? Harsh language? Uh, and so they kind of bite off the movie with like, you can't just spray wildly at the Xenomorphs because it's going to blow the whole fucking space station up. Yeah. Um, and honestly, like the, the horror element of that to me is so much like they're cut off from Central Command. Yeah. They're down there. They're getting it's, picked it's off. It's a terrifying bit. It's like Blair Witch Project with the, yes. with the security cameras on their heads. And oh. it's, it's a terrifying like... It's like proto-found footage. Sweat and do, like I'm kind of... I, my, my palms are sweating <laughs> just thinking about it. Yeah. That's, it's, the, the terror of that is what makes that such a fucking powerful sequence. It's, yeah. it's not their guns. It's not the, you know, the action stuff. Except for that moment that Ripley comes in with the fucking <laughs> tank. <laughs> right. Um, when, when she just... Because you've got the guy who, by the way, was in Hellraiser 2... Um, sort of going like, there's nothing weak, I'm ineffectual in the military, and I don't know what I'm doing. And yeah. she's like, all right, fucking move over. I'm going to drive this tank and yeah. save them. But what really makes that sequence is the control that Cameron has over the terror of it, of really making yeah. it a horrifying thing. I miss when James Cameron made good movies. I, I'm not going to talk shit about James Cameron, because it's like... Well, Avatar was... I don't, I don't want to talk. Yeah, I'm not right. going to get all into right. that, uh, because I, I, I like... In fact, it's one of the things I even want to talk about here. One of uh-huh. the reasons I want to make movies is because of aliens. There we go. Like, full on, one of the reasons, like, and it's not even just Cameron, it's Stan Winston. Yeah. I got, oh, um, yeah. There was, you know, when you, you're growing up poor, you get all your movies out of the bargain bin, right? And yeah. So there was this $2 bargain bin video I found uh, that was called Movie Magic. And what it was was a documentary, like a TV special that someone just put out on VHS. Oh, shit. Uh, that was just all about Stan Winston and Stan Winston Studios good um and it was about you know it, it was him talking about the work they did on all the terminator movies and on jurassic park and on aliens oh it's so cool um and seeing how they put together like even just the test footage of the queen mm-hmm. there's actually for the for anyone still listening to my ramble about this there's a really great um feature-length documentary you can find it on youtube called uh the making of aliens like from 1986 mm-hmm. it's like an hour 30 hour 40 or something like that it's real deep into the nuts and bolts of just the, the incredible craftsmanship, <clears throat> not just from Stan Winston and the various different, you know, it wasn't even just Stan Winston's team. It was like teams of model makers and things like that. Mm-hmm. The design that went into, like, it's a baffling feat. Uh, even Cameron's, like, uh, the, the way he would come and prepare with sort of design sequences where you would have a whole, like, you know, four shots right. that are basically six different special effects going on there. Yeah. You know, you've got the rear projection and models and puppets and fucking, like, it's just an amazing, it's like, you see how they made this movie and it, it, and it's all, it's it's one of the reasons I would love to see a documentary on the making of Hellraiser Judgment because, like, just yeah. seeing how this was made uh-huh. because, you know, there's no, C, you know, it's easy to say there's no CGI or anything, but then how the fuck do you actually do that? You have yeah. to do that with real things. You, it, there has to be to physical be context for this. Yeah, exactly. Like, they would do th- the forced perspective shots on, like, the, the crazy alien roof and things. It's like the well, yeah. the artistry that went into making just the visuals and these these incredibly beautifully planned, terrifying sequences. Like, well, and, and, it's and, one of the reasons that made me want to... I mean, I was already sort of a special effects geek. Like, my dad was the guy who told me who Rick Baker's name. Right. But, <laughs> Your so dad just sat you down and was like, son, let me tell you about Rick fucking Baker. Let me tell Baker. you about Rick fucking Baker. This is happening. And so I was already a little, like, uh, of, um, aware of that as a sort of thing. But that's definitely the thing that, like, Aliens was, I mean, you know, I had the Aliens toys. Oh, yeah. 
You know, well, you had like the ones the that were from comics. the. You had, did you have the toys that were from the cartoon that never actually happened? The cartoon that never actually yeah, happened. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Bishop looks like Robocop. Yeah, Bishop looks like yeah. Robocop. Yeah, he's he's yeah. He, he's got a gun. I was like deeply obsessed with aliens and how they. It was like tra- like seeing the um, behind the scenes of how it got made is one of the things. I was like, I didn't know you could do that. That's too cool. I want to do this. So this is almost like ET in a way, where this was like yeah. movies yeah, being like, magic yeah. to you as a kid. Yeah, where, like, this, this and is... ET like were very were very big. Like as a little like probably way too young to be seeing aliens. Oh. One one hundred percent. I also might have only seen like a TV edit of it at the point. I remember seeing yeah. it later in life and being like, "Oh, this is more violent than I remember." Oh boy! Which but, I mean, um, my, my first R-rated movie was Terminator Two. Yeah, that might have been my first real R-rated, like hard. The first time I'd seen a hard R, like a hard R, like, like not no fucking TV around. Edit, not yeah, something yeah. Like that might have been Terminator Two. Well, and also Stan Winston, I immediately think of him and Lance Henriksen with Pumpkinhead. Mm-hmm. Like, as you mentioned, you mentioned that, and, and like Lance Henriksen in this is so good oh, as Bishop. so fucking good. Like, and, and, and the thing that I think about all the fucking time with this is that Lance Henriksen, uh, in talking about his inspiration for the role of Bishop uh, in an interview, was that he was like, you know, I just thought of how I thought about things when I was a kid because he got, you know, he was like, I got pushed around and abused a lot as a mm-hmm. kid. And the thing that I would think is, you know what? You're going to die before I do. I'm going to live way longer than you. Mm-hmm. So maybe, you know, I, I should be a little gracious toward you. And that was his inspiration for fucking Bishop. Is that like, look, humans are fucked up. They, they're they incompetent. They, you know, but here's the thing. I'm going to take pity on them because I'm an android and I'm better than them. Oh, man. That's and just, deeply underrated. And how major. soft-spoken he is as Bishop. And that scene, like, honestly, one of the scenes that makes me want to die is in Alien 3 when she's, you know, they've crash-landed on Fury and mm-hmm. she has to, like, dig up the remains of Bishop and he's still kind of semi-functional and can talk. Mm-hmm. And he's like a severed head. And the first thing Bishop says when he blinks back into consciousness is, Ripley, oh, I like your new haircut. <laughs> like, that's who Bishop is. Yeah. He's more human than human. Like, yeah. he, he is so fucking deeply human as a character. And it, do, it does all of the stuff you want to do with androids in a movie. With the idea of, like, what does it mean to be human? Mm-hmm. What, you know, do robots have free will? How do they interface with people? Um, and, of course, you've got that contrasted with Ash from Alien, and he's meant to be a stark contrast to Ash. Like yeah. he even well, she, it, he even know, shits on Ash's previous model with like, oh, they always were a bit twitchy. Yeah, and uh, you know, and the thing to, it's easy to take for granted in that relationship too is like we weren't necessarily supposed like because we've seen aliens probably a hundred thousand times at yeah. this point. Like, so we know Bishop is the greatest. Yeah, uh, we want him to be our uncle. Basically. But I love how it's like you d- also and you know Lance Henriksen at that point I think probably was mostly known for playing. Uh, like weirdos and bad guys. Yeah, that, that was most. He was a character actor from way back. So. Exactly. So having him play that role uh, and play it with such warmth, you almost at first are, don't trust it. Oh, I never thought about because that. Because of Ash. Yeah. And because it's fucking Lance Henriksen. So then when it turns, so then when he's crawling through the pipe, at that point you're starting to trust him and, and stuff. But then when he doesn't show up at first, you're like, God damn it! Damn it! Yeah. Should have known. Yeah. That- yeah, and then it turns out which no, honestly had to get off the platform. That scene gives me the most anxiety in the movie is him mm. crawling through that pipe. Me too. By I get so shimmying. With that. Oh, I'm I'm already yeah. pretty claustrophobic, and then the thought of shimmying through a pipe and you can't move your limbs makes oh. me want to die. Yes, very much so. Um, but then also, uh, so one of the reasons that I think I now and again, you know, comparing the two is kind of a mugs errand because they're so fucking different. Mm-hmm. But I think the thing that Alien does that works for me for me more than Aliens is that uh, with Ripley, I always get the impression with Ripley that she, in the first movie, is much more doing this stuff as a kind of a reluctant hero because they ignored her quarantine warning. You don't even know until halfway through that she's the protagonist. 
Like yeah. she she's she's reacting to things in a way that you know she would rather well, not at be the doing time, this. You know, uh, the thing to bear in mind also is at the time of Alien, mm-hmm. uh, Sigourney Weaver was like the least recognizable actor in that cast. Yeah, she there was, was a... every reason to expect she would be the like the first one. To you go. think Tom Skerritt? Right? Yeah, exactly. So Yafet Koto, maybe like you you've, you've got somebody that's yeah. a bit more known as the protagonist. So there was a sub there was a cool subversion of expectations going on with Alien and having Ripley be the the lone survivor and the resourcefulness she shows in it too. Definitely, and um, I think and uh, as a woman especially. Well, and as a woman I mean? especially, like, it was supposed to be Tom Skerritt. Well, it was right? supposed to be because. Yeah, it, would we went, be the, it would be the, the, the strapping, strong, strapping man. Dallas. Instead, it's the, the fucking smart woman who said to begin with, don't let that shit on my ship. <laughs> it's fucking gross. Um, and but, never once said, I told y'all. <laughs> don't do it. This is, yeah, you, you, you ignore me, you see what mm-hmm. happens. Well, and also because in, so with Alien versus Aliens, with Aliens, the primary conflict is like good mom versus mean mom, where it's the alien queen and Ripley torched her babies, and now she's going to steal her baby. And for God's sake, the Xenomorph Queen has high heels. Hi, James Cameron. Um, and, I mean, there is that Freudian thing of James Cameron has a weird thing with hot moms. You think of Sarah Connor. You think, like, he's he's got a thing with, like, I like strong women. Uh, strong women who are, parentheses, hot in exactly the, uh, you know, strong in exactly the ways that I, James Cameron, personally want to have sex with. <laughs> Um, and so, like, there is that thing with, like, I don't know that I needed to see Ripley as a surrogate mom to a moppet. Uh, and in a kind know. of nuclear family with Hicks as the husband and Bishop as the goofy uncle. Yeah, that's true. I mean, it, it does have a sort of, they have this one weird little nuclear family thing going on. But yeah. I, for me, it's, it, I, I don't know that I think that's the primary <laughs> conflict in terms of Ripley. Mm-hmm. I think there's a lot more going on. And a lot of it's just in fucking Sigourney Weaver being just a fucking amazing she's actor. a revelation um, and Ripley is just one of the most complex amazing screen characters mm-hmm. you could ever hope to to come across like in every possible way and what I love about Alien and then Aliens is there's an arc going on with her mm-hmm. where she survives the first one but is not without uh, n- now her she's sort of paralyzed trauma. by fear yeah. and trauma uh, and then has to um not uh, overcome it, right. but sort of endure it mm-hmm. to survive again and to to get out again. So for right. for me, it's about um, oh, it's less about being a strong hot mom, yeah, and more about um, and you know the Vietnam thing ties into this too. I mean, mm-hmm. it being not only the first war where after which we there was wide open, you know, discussion about uh, at the very least more open discussion about PTSD and the nature of it, right, and uh, this sort of lingering trauma of it on our uh, trust in the the government and things like that i mean learning to if not heal from trauma to at least bear it yeah (laughs) you know what i mean and to keep surviving even when it's like you're literally faced against the 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 the, thing that scares everything that scares you most Mm -hmm. um that to me is a, a much more primary thing than um and we've talked about this before. Like, I, I, I know James Cameron between Terminator 2 and this has a thing for moms and all right, that. Right, right, right. But in the case of, the, I almost, like, I wonder, in the same way, I wonder if, like, Tarantino's actually thinking about feet. <laughs> I wonder if Cameron's actually thinking about moms or if that's just like, oh, shit, I do do a lot of movies about oh, yeah. moms, don't I? Which I'm sure maybe you that's like I mean? the, 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 you know, the sort of thing that you don't think about and you're like, oh, fuck, I've got to think oh, about that. Fuck, yeah, now that you've said it, yeah. I can't stop thinking yeah, about it. Yeah, yeah, and, and, I can't, and I can't write off James Cameron as a director. Because, I mean, no, that, well, that's... Because I, I think in 2018, there's like uh, an urge that I certainly have in looking at old directors mm-hmm. who had, you know, idiosyncrasies. And maybe their later output output was kind of bullshit. Maybe I learned some 
stuff about them as a person mm-hmm. that made me kind of go, oh, this fucking guy. Like, not so much he's a monster, is just like... No, eh. not at all. Are you kidding me? He's no, just, no, He's no. just like an old rich dude who loves fucking... Like, Submarines. Un- underwater boats now. <laughs> that's what he does Do you know now. what I mean? Like, yeah. that's his main jam. And I'm like all about that fucking life for him. Yeah, like, yeah I mean, like, he's... You made goddamn Terminator 2. You do whatever the fuck yeah, you want as yeah, far as I'm Yeah, you made concerned. one of the best action films ever made. <laughs> so mean, the first Terminator alone would be enough. It'd be like, just give the man everything he wants and just let him go live underwater <laughs> yeah, for the rest for of his life a... Well, wants. that's how I feel about John Carpenter. Like, all he does now is... I think get baked and play video games Mm -hmm. and here's the thing motherfucker made the thing Mm -hmm. and Halloween and Escape from New York earn the right let him him get baked like De Niro doing you know crappy comedies or stuff now this man fucking went through four different body sizes for Raging Bull he changed the way we think about movie acting the man can do Rocky and Bullwinkle if he fucking wants let him do Rocky and Bullwinkle don't tell Robert De Niro he can't do a shitty comedy (laughs) if he wants the fucking easy paycheck he did his work he he put in his nickel let's all all be nice to our uncle Robert if he makes bad movies now who cares yeah he he was Jake LaMotta anyway so uh, and now now comes the, the the hard the hard part of this podcast and also the central conceit of the podcast obviously where do we put this on the list? Let's start with another movie you've seen for the podcast, The Babadook. Better than The Babadook? Well, here's, the, here's where I, I, it would be tricky for me in the sense that there is such much more of a cross-pollination of genre. So mm-hmm. it's like the, the sequences, again, that really work for me, the terrifying stuff. It's right. the, like the, the aliens coming in and through the bottom. However, there's so, there's so many more movies higher up on this list, I feel like fit in terms of um classified as horror movie right maybe better than this mm-hmm. so I've, i'm a little stuck on like then i'm let's... also stuck on the fact that you know this is one of the reasons i wanted to fucking make movies so I, right you know, like, so you're attached to it in a way so that I'm maybe attached to it in a way where it's maybe a little a little difficult to see through the forest through the trees i would say i right. think the baba duke um is more distinctly a horror movie right but the terror's in it aren't as visceral and they don't hit you as much part of that has to do with uh, you know i was very much in the headspace of the babadook when i saw it so for me it was more like a grief action movie than yeah. it was a, a horror movie yeah 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 so i mean i mean that's I, why, I, like, and i mean at that point if you touch my kid again i'll fucking kill you mm-hmm. is basically analogous to you know stay away from her you bitch in <laughs> yeah, aliens like true. this is a mother no, protecting yeah, a child great oh my god it, I, it's like and uh, by the way i could just do a podcast on sigourney <laughs> ripley oh yeah for uh, you know like multiple episodes yep. like i have more to say on that but i won't hold you up um, yeah so so at least in that regard the visceral horror of, of aliens hits you more than the visceral horror of the babadook so it works better as a horror movie for uh, but it, but again the babadook is so distinctly a, a much more distinctly a horror movie and much more defined by that i think the than, genre than than aliens where you get some more so in you that know, case, um, have you Sigourney seen Sigourney Weaver looking dope as shit, carrying a fucking kid and a super sub machine gun and up an elevator shaft, like in, in the fucking in the in the in the sneakers, the fucking oh, stompers. The oh, oh, I want those shoes. I yeah, I um, I, I assume all of us want the stompers. <laughs> uh, but okay, so let's go with another action horror movie. Have you seen Train to Busan? No, I haven't. I hear it's really good. Okay, there, there you go. Because I would say I think Aliens is probably 
better than Train to Busan? Well, if it's an action horror sort of thing where it's got both that sort of uh, sense of action and terror, I mean, that's sort of, you know, that James Cameron kind of sort of, yeah. I mean, it, maybe even more so with Terminator than with, with, with Aliens, although Aliens has more scares. Oh, I mean, I mean, I mean Terminator is a straight-up um, horror movie. Yeah, Terminator's like a horror, sci-fi, it's all, it's the works. It's way more horror movie, the first one, I think. Oh, the second one is, the, sequels the second one is action with horror elements. The first yeah, one to me is a straight-up horror movie. The second one's like action with sci-fi elements. Like, it's almost not even horror. Besides just being a really great villain, right? Well, know. that and the Terminator, I think, also follows a lot of slasher beats, where it's mm-hmm. like something yeah. that comes from the past to bite you in the ass mm-hmm. yeah, or the, the future. Yeah. And first one is full on harm. Yeah, you've got sure. your best friend slash roommate is getting killed. You've got a final girl. Yeah. You've got all the classic slasher elements. Um, but so I would say, I would say, Aliens at the very least, having not seen uh, Train of Busan yet, uh, probably owes a little bit to Aliens in a way that maybe oh. a bit belongs to be. It totally. That. It totally does. Although, actually, have you seen uh, The Witch? No, only because I know it's gonna ruin my day. Uh huh. It's 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 pretty it's pretty it's pretty <laughs> fucked up. It, yeah, I definitely. I didn't sleep I, great. From what I understand about the witch, it probably doesn't deserve to be above that. Yeah, I'd say, I'd say probably Baba Duke's a better horror movie. Yeah, than, than Aliens. I would actually, actually now that I think about it, as a straight up horror movie. Yeah. Yeah, I think so too. And and, and I think it's because with Aliens, you basically know mm-hmm. Ripley gonna be okay. Like you, I mean, you kind of don't know it if you watch it for the first time, but I feel like. If you've been paying attention to this movie and her narrative, if she got through that first movie, I feel like if you're if you've seen the first movie and you're watching Aliens, and also because you maybe you've got the hindsight of knowing that Alien Three happens and Ripley is still alive, but mm-hmm. I almost feel like well, I don't know because like because yeah, it, and again, it sort of ties in with the thing of we've been we've been watching this movie so yeah. many times since we were kids. It's easy to take the sort of surprises that for granted for granted. Like yeah. it's easy to forget that. Ripley going back in after Newt. Right. Maybe, maybe she. Maybe Newt was coming out. Maybe, maybe she wasn't. Maybe it's going to get like, dicey. Although I, I think also uh, the horror of the Babadook almost works for me more because uh, it's just her and this kid. Yeah. And that's it. Like yeah. she has no support network. She has you know nothing to help her out with this. Where with aliens, obviously yeah. insurmountable odds, planet full of fucking monsters. But at least you've got you know Hicks. You've got right. You know all of these other people that are able to help her, and at the end, it is just her and a power loader against the queen, mm-hmm. and it is just the two of them. But I feel like until you get to that point, there's so much more of a support network that you know, it's it's like with horror, it's hard to be afraid when you're a fucking walking death machine with, yeah. with a gun. Yeah, I mean, well, in the case of Ripley, what I love about her there at the end is she's not an action hero like the rest of them she's not a marine right. she's no. got this fucking gun she's taped together to a flamethrower she's a trucker she barely who, knows how to she's use she's a trucker who's had a really shitty couple uh, of weeks and she's like walking into her worst nightmare so and yeah. by the way the physicality must have taken for Sigourney Weaver to carry that kid oh. running through those slick ass fucking metal halls while carrying the machine gun and yeah. shit like I just like she's a, a modern woman trying to have it all you know <laughs> you know um, uh, so, so, so here we go uh, alright let's so go so it's with... about her making her way out of fear definitely so that that sort of Maybe the first half is more horror movie than the last half. Of that yeah, movie. yeah, yeah. I would, I would definitely. In terms agree. of character arc. Now here's the question: Better or worse than Bride of Frankenstein? I, I'm actually amazed you have the titles you do above the Bride of Frankenstein. Yeah. I'm a little astonished at that. Yeah, that's fair. I mean, I understand Dracula being above it. I understand even some of the other titles being above it. Get out above it, absolutely. <laughs> you're like Ghost Watch. Like, you're, you're like your top five. I'm like fuck. Yeah. Yeah. Um. But yeah, Ghostwatch. <laughs> <laughs> it did give kids literal PTSD in England. Are you familiar with Ghostwatch? Yeah, yeah, um, that's true. We did talk about that. In fact, I, I watched Ghostwatch. Before yeah, that's right, you did. Yeah. 
Um, um, but yeah, so I, I, I... So just for the sheer fact that it actually caused actual <laughs> trauma to people? Pretty, it, pretty much. And it's also a really good found footage horror movie that I, I think is probably one of the best I've seen in, in the subgenre. Yeah. But so uh, I would say for me, I would honestly put Aliens, if, if gun to my head, mm-hmm. I think it's better than Carrie, better than Raw, which I love. Mm-hmm. I think below Bride of Frankenstein. I, I would actually agree. I think that my my dad who introduced me to uh you know the 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 amazing engineers and technicians who made the movie I love possible like Stan Winston, mm-hmm. like you know all those guys. Uh you know, his love for it started with famous movie monsters and things like that. Right. There's no way in hell <laughs> if he were alive today, he would fucking let me get away with putting anything above James Whale's The Bride of Frankenstein. No, so. that's that's it. That's the best. So yeah, that's, that's the best movie. I think that's the place to go. Yeah, I think so too. So coming in at our new number fourteen, James Cameron's Aliens. Yes, man, the great Sigourney Weaver, the great immortal. If I ever have Sigourney. a daughter, I'm naming her Ripley. Yep. Oh, that's uh, yeah. It's been resolved for the last <laughs> many years of my life. I'm going to adopt a child just, just so to you can name them Ripley. Name them Ripley. See, your name's this Ripley. Why, now. This is why you're like a like a man of the future in a way. I'm the, not. This is why I'm never going to have kids. You're thinking ahead. Exactly. I like to plan. <laughs> so, Josh, where can our listeners find you on the internet? Uh, you should find me on um, Twitter primarily, which uh, uh, you find me at, at the Danger Face. In fact, right now you can take a look. Uh, my pinned tweet is a little video montage of uh, some special effects I worked on for short films. So you can see me putting what I was talking about, about loving Stan Winston and shit, into action on that, at The Danger Face. And you can find uh, some of my um, short films and uh, things I'm working on at uh, fuckgiantkiller.com. The name of the collective is Giant Killer. Giantkiller.com was taken. So we're just (laughs) fuckgiantkiller.com. Fuckgiantkiller. Yeah, so there, there is that. Uh, so obviously with Rank and Vile, you can find us on Twitter at Rank and Vile Cast, uh, on Instagram at Just Rank and Vile, and on Tumblr at Just Rank and Vile. If you want us to watch a movie, if there's a horror movie that you've been waiting for us to talk about since you've been listening to the podcast, uh, like The Thing, oh. or which we still haven't talked about The what? Thing. We haven't done what? the thing because here's the if thing. If you don't have me on for oh. The Thing, I'm oh. gonna murder what? you. Will, you will, you will actually have to murder me if I don't have yeah. you on to talk about The Thing. Yeah, any sci-fi horror at that point, I'm just like, it's gonna be like, there's a chance I might kill you. Yeah, that's that's like The you. Thing, especially. Which is yes, that's Sorry, fair. I didn't mean that <laughs> no, that's that is fair and valid. Um, and listen, if, so if you if there's a movie that you are wanting us to talk about, uh, we love doing listener requests. Uh, you're going to want to send any requests you have to our email address, which is just rankandvilecast at gmail.com. Uh, we mostly are active on Twitter. I feel like that's mostly what we do is just uh, shitpost about horror movies on Twitter. and uh, It's the best. It is, it is the greatest, and I think it lends itself mostly to our rambling, dumb, dumb style. <laughs> uh, but barring that, uh, I think that's about all we got. You got anything else? Uh, no, yeah, at the, at the Danger Face, like, to, you know, follow me and stuff. I need friends! I need friends! <laughs> Thank you guys for having me. This is, uh, this is always fun. Thank you so much for being on. Holy shit. Later, folks.